This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 131. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and I'm here with a special co-host slash guest, my good friend, Brandon Brown of Media Whisper. Say hey to everyone real quick. What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, Brandon Brown's a really good friend of mine. He taught a workshop inside of the Profitable Producer course on social media. And I also think you helped with the Facebook ads thing too. I honestly can't remember. A couple years ago. It was a couple years ago, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, so Brandon has an agency called Media Whisper and- We'll get into what your agency does and what we can take away from it as, as audio people. But before we do all that- Audio people. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like I just call us audio people. I don't know what that means, but like everyone's man. everyone's all over the place when it comes to that. We have like people who do like voiceover work for commercials and TV and stuff and audio books. We have like, I just don't even know what to call our, our audience anymore. They've dubbed themselves the six figure sexies. <laughs> okay. in our, literally in our Facebook community, that's like the going term. Okay. I like that. I don't that. know how I feel about it, but- yeah. Brandon, how you been during the quarantine stuff? I've been okay. This is the longest I've been in Nashville for any consecutive period of time in years, literally. Brandon forgot also was my roommate for two years. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to mention that little tidbit. We <laughs> yeah. lived together for a couple of years. Yeah. So he travels all the time with, he's in a band called Viridia. Yeah. Between work, music, fun, then family, the last couple of years, I've averaged 40 to 45% of the year being out of town. Yeah. So now uh, it's May already. I, I've been in town for two months, I guess. And that's extremely bizarre for me. Yeah. So I'm over it, to be honest. <laughs> I've been running every other day to stay sane. Yeah. Between you and like one other person, y'all are the only two people. And yes, I did use the word y'all. Y'all are the only <laughs> two people I've seen in person since all of this shit went down like mid-March. So yeah, I have a very small number of quarantine buddies that I've seen. Yep. But it's not more than once a week that I'll actually directly interact with other people. Yeah. So people can't see this because we're not on video, but Brandon is in my podcast office right now. Yeah. And we are the socially distance acceptable six feet apart right yeah, now. Yeah. It might even be a little more than than yeah. six feet. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's been an interesting time. You know, it was, it was kind of a hard adjustment for me. I had a lot of trips planned that have been canceled or postponed. And Same. Our band was supposed to be in Europe on tour right now. That hopefully is just postponed. It's yeah. A lot of our listeners are in touring bands. Yeah, or they like do audio on the side while they're touring or whatever. Yeah. So the, a lot of our audience has been hit hard by canceled tours. Yeah, man. There's it sucks. You know, from that regard, like especially for us, this was probably going to be the one of the biggest tours we'd ever done in some really cool European cities at some amazing venues, and now it's just. Just been here, you yeah. know, picking up my dog's poop around the neighborhood and stuff. Just <laughs> Dude, brain it for people. I mean, I don't know if our audience has heard of your band, Viridia. It's like, uh, I don't know what even to call you. What yeah, genre like would you alternative, say? Alternative rock. Yeah, show. with a female singer. You guys like, you peaked in life when this happened. And this, as far as I'm concerned, you played in this like 2000 year old arena in Italy. Yeah. It looks almost identical to the Coliseum in Rome but it's in what city is it? Verona. Verona. And it's like kept up in modern terms. Like they've just renovated it, but the exterior of it looks almost exactly like the Roman Coliseum. And yes, it's like yeah. badass. That's probably the coolest. I will. I mean, I certainly will never forget having the opportunity to, to play there. It was an amazing show. That's how we kicked off the last European tour. It's the Arena di Verona. It was built in 30 AD while Christ was still alive. <laughs> 
and they don't do a lot just of just at the end there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The, not the best years for him, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They don't do a lot of concerts there. They mostly just do like a summer opera series. But yeah, it looks just like the Roman Coliseum, except it's set up with better seating and, and yeah. acoustics, I guess. So yeah, we're one of very few rock bands that has actually played there, I think. It was awesome. Sick. Yeah, so that was last year, and we were about to follow up and do another tour. And yeah, now this whole thing just threw a wrench in everything. All plans are are done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so our agency, you know, we work mostly with music venues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Just to kind of clear everything up, like Brandon runs a social media agency called Media Whisper. I started talking about that at the beginning. And you guys work with like, most of the Live Nation venues in the U.S., you work with a lot of hotels. Right, right. And these are like two of the areas hit hardest in all of this. Yeah, I'm shaking my head with, <laughs> because I don't know what else to say. It's like yeah. for the first seven years of the company, probably we just did all music all the time. So music venues, festivals, things like that, things that got people out of the house buying tickets. And then three years ago, we started diversifying more. And hotels have become our second biggest client base thinking, oh, we finally like weaned ourselves off of the teat of the live music industry a bit, yeah. you know, and we've yeah. di- diversified. And now both of those <laughs> industries have just been hit harder than, than everything else. You know, the word is decimated. <laughs> decimated is correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy. We do thankfully have a lot of those relationships still intact. So it's not like everything has crashed and burned and we've been able to keep our full staff of 20 people and anticipate that we'll be able to do that. So we're pretty lucky in that regard, considering the types of clients we work with. And we do other, you know, we work with some consumer package brands. We work with streaming video services and some really cool stuff outside of those. But by and large, yeah, we work with dozens and dozens of music yeah. venues and dozens of hotels. That's right. You work with that horror video streaming. Yeah, Shudder. Shudder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's owned by AMC Networks. And another guy that Brian and I both know manages that account. And yeah, it's just all like horror and thriller, you know, movies, yeah, and they've streaming. Like, they've exploded just for the same reason all the other video streaming platforms. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're crazy right now. People like, are stuck it's at home insane. and they want stuff to watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, yeah, my life in a big way has been disrupted <laughs> and I'm, you know, being forced to wallow in it at home, but hopefully we get back to normal here pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm right there with you, man. What about you? What's, uh, what's your routine look like compared to before? Man, you know, no one's, we haven't, I haven't really got to talk about it, I guess, since maybe a little bit I talked about it with Chris, but it's been surprisingly like terrifyingly unchanged. <laughs> like It's like. When I look at my life, like my day to day, like I don't go to the gym right now because gyms are closed. That's yeah. that's a change. And I I had a two week trip to Japan just canceled on me right, because right. of obvious reasons. Yeah, when our tour first got postponed, I was like, oh, I'll just go to Japan with these guys. Yeah. And obviously, that did not happen. <laughs> no, nope, did not pan out. So other than that, like when you look at your life and it hasn't changed much after such a big event, there's either something really wrong or really right, and I'm not quite sure which is which. Yeah, <laughs> time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. <laughs> Yeah, but like me and Megan have managed not to kill each other. We love each other. We still hang out with each other like all day, every day. And it's been that way for a while now. Yeah, so. I guess probably the only thing I've seen that's changed for you guys is just you're not hosting dinners, you know, at yeah. your place like you like to do. You treat the friend group, you know, in that way. Yeah, I miss so we've that. been able to do it one-on-one, but hopefully when this is all lifted, we can have a big family dinner. Yeah, we have like a, we have a big ass table that seats 10 people. And for obvious reasons, we can't have friends over to fill that table up, but we can like, awkwardly sit across the table from like one person. Yeah. <laughs> so we right. had you over for dinner. Just yeah. Me and that was and great. You. It's the best food I've had this whole time. Yeah. 
It's like when I'm at home, home alone, I just, you know, take a piece of turkey and like <laughs> roll it around a piece of cheese. Dude, and it- <laughs> that's actually really good. I forgot that you did that. And I used to do that when I lived with you. Yep. And uh, I haven't done that since, but that's a little fun hack right there. If you need to change meals up a little bit, yep. it gets old. I, it, oh, yeah, it's, it's been it's, like three years since I've lived with you or two years since I've lived with you. I really don't do it. that too much, but okay. in a pinch, if I'm like, you know, needing a quick fix and I don't want to cook, but all that to say, the food we ate over here was much better than okay, my yeah, turkey yeah. taco. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's a reason, there's a reason I got Brandon in here, not just to talk about our lives and, and like what happens outside of business world or what's happening because of coronavirus. I promise there's a reason for it. And it's kind of tied back to some of the past guests we've had. Mark Eckert and Joe Wadsworth both talked about the importance of social media to their strategy when it comes to getting customers. And Brandon is just a good friend of mine who runs a social media agency that does nothing but social media for a lot of big brands. Yeah. So I was like, hey, Brandon, can you come in here and talk to us about social media? So that is what I brought you in here for. You are the resident expert in the six-figure home studio world when nice. it comes to social media. That's fun. So we chatted a bit before this interview and talked about some things we could talk about. And I want to start with Instagram because this is the area that most of our audience is in. And this is not everybody. A lot of people are just working in Facebook. But Instagram is the area that we have found that most musicians and thus most studios are hanging out. And this is an area that people could definitely improve their strategies. This is how Joe Wadsworth at the online recording studio, I can't remember the episode number. It was like 126. I don't have them up in front of me right now. I think it was 126. Anyways, he talked about being able to to feed the mouths of 30 audio engineers just from the leads they get from Instagram. That's amazing. And you had this really interesting thing that we talked about that I want to start on here. And that is setting up your Instagram profile. (laughs) And there's two things I want to talk about. First and foremost, like, what are some general things you do when you help a new client set up their Instagram profile for like maximum efficiency from like a profile standpoint, like the above the photos? Sure. And then also the idea of the Instagram and I need to like come up with a a cool trendy name for this and like trademark and all that shit, but like the Instagram (laughs) landing page strategy. Like I love that idea. So first let's talk about in that order. Yeah. This is the real exciting part. Starting your first Instagram account. No, just kidding. Uh, But no, setting up the account, it is, uh, most people might be familiar with that if you're on the platform. And with our clients, yeah, the first thing we'll do is to kind of audit their existing presence, assuming they have one. And a lot of times you do find that they set up their account years ago and it's just outdated, right? So they, they haven't updated the bio. The link might be, you know, the link is heading to your website, but could it point to a specific page on your website instead? You know, especially if you're using that to generate leads for your business. Is your homepage strong enough to have that be where you point people? And it's kind of just doing an audit of your own brand and of your own assets. Like, do you have a contact button on there? Have you converted it to be a business profile versus just a personal well, profile? Let me, let me stop you on that. So there's a couple good things that you get when you convert to a business profile that people may not know about. That is getting insights. Like you get actual, like an area just that tells you stats. Yeah, Mm -hmm. some more data. Right. This like gives you some actionable insights on how your efforts are working as far as profile views and what I call like top of funnel stats. Yep. Yeah, and it also allows you to start advertising, which I'm sure we'll get more into. It's not as scary as it sounds if you haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. You can link the Instagram account to your Facebook page and, and there's some benefits there depending on what type of product you have. I know this is, audio people or however yeah. you refer to your audience. So they or might six be a figure little, sexies. yeah, six figure sexies. They might be a little less product based, but in case anyone's listening, that does have something along those lines that allows you to 
have that feature that you've seen probably on Instagram where you can actually link out directly to a product, see the cost of it added to your cart, kind of that all comes from having a business Instagram profile as opposed to a personal one. So yeah, there's different advantages there. So a lot of times that's something people overlook because they just haven't thought about it from that perspective. And then again, above kind of, you said it's sort of above the line, you know, above the grid Mm -hmm. uh, of your profile. That area also contains your Instagram story highlights, which is a great way to show off just different things, you know, for, for our hotel clients. Yeah, highlights are one of those things that I have on my personal Facebook, but they're all just like, they're none of them business related. Like my personal, yeah, I'm like, sorry, Instagram, my personal Instagram uh-huh. is in no way optimized. The six figure home studio Instagram is really where I need the work because I have two posts on there <laughs> in the lifetime of it. And we have like 2000 followers on there. Yeah. And then I don't even have an Instagram for my studio. So like gotcha. our audience is all across the board as far as like whether they have one or they don't, right. whether it's set up well or it's not. I'd love to know more about the actual, like, is there a strategy behind using those? What did you call them? What are they called again? Story highlights. Story highlights. The example that comes to mind for me and just the types of clients we have for hotels, it's a great way to show off maybe different aspects of the property. So we have one highlight that's just rooms, one highlight that's the restaurant on site, one highlight that might be the neighborhood that it's in. So that way, as more and more people are doing business on Instagram and discovering brands they want to work with, you give them a taste of all of the facets of your brand through these story highlights, just like you would different tabs on your website. You know, you have your about page, you have your I love that your photos so, page. So just to kind of like bring it home to studio owners, you could have, this could be part of your sales process, your pre-sale process. And this is something that most people don't have, which is like, helping the person along the buyer journey before they ever talk to you. Right. This helps speed up the sales process a lot. And it's something that people underutilize. So you could have one that's like, here's a tour of the studio. That's one story highlight. And just for those who are not following along very well, if you do Instagram stories, which pretty much anyone who is on Instagram has done Instagram stories, you can create what's called a story highlight, which is just a collection of Instagram stories. And do they have to be in sequential order or can you pick and choose which ones you want out of like a a series. They are in sequential order. So you can plan it, you know, down to the nth degree as much as you want, or it can just sort of happen real time. But essentially of all the stories you've ever posted to your Instagram, you can go back and choose from that archive and create highlights, you know, containing the ones that you want. So you can group them based on topics. So for your studio, if you have great gear, you know, and you want to give a tour of the studio or show off your gear, that way, if someone's looking for a studio in your area, they've landed on your page for one reason or another, they can see, oh, this place is legit. This guy's legit. I see that he has a professional setup. Maybe there's another story that shows, you know, a little behind the scenes of you working or tracking an artist or tracking yeah. vocals or whatever it might be. They see, okay, they've done this before. They have professional gear. If you do, you know, choose wisely what you put in the highlights. But if when someone's thinking about maybe messaging you or getting in touch with you, it gives them that level of comfort where they've learned a little bit about you. They feel like they've done the research and in their mind, they've vetted you more yes. than just sending you a random note. And this is a big thing about it. Some people like they may be vaguely interested in like what you do, but doing something like this could be the difference between them reaching out to you and them never reaching out to you. Yeah. So absolutely. take this sort of stuff seriously. So one for, and this is just ideas I'm coming up with off the top of my head, talking to Brandon here. One would be a story highlight for mm-hmm. a tour of your studio. If you have people actually coming into your studios, if you're a mixing engineer, mastering engineer, and your studio is nothing special, it's probably not worth doing. If you have a really nice studio, it's definitely worth doing. Another one might be how the process works. Like, what's it like to work with me? What are the steps involved? So maybe you message me on Instagram. Maybe you fill out a form somewhere. Maybe from there, we'll take your songs and we'll do X, Y, and Z here. Basically, you're explaining your process for your studio. And everybody, by the way, every single person needs to have a clear process that they follow with every single client. And if they don't, you're leaving money on the table because of 
the amount of extra work you're going to be doing scrambling because you're not following a specific process. So maybe yeah. you have one for the process that you're explaining that to people. Right. You maybe, could even have one for your rates, you know, like let's say you're operating based on a, a fixed rate sheet. So mm-hmm. it, I know everyone's business is a little bit different, but it that doesn't have to be a video of you talking to the camera. It, it can literally be a text that you type, you know, on the app. It could just be text on a black background. Mm-hmm. And then your little highlight, your story highlight is titled studio rates or rates. And then people open it and it's just your price sheet. You know, it doesn't have to be even a photo or a video. It could be just straight informational. And that's something we do, you know, going back to the hotel example, if they have a, a restaurant, you know, we'll have a story highlight just for the restaurant. The first slide of that story highlight might be a great shot of the restaurant. And the second one might be the hours, the address, like how to find us or whatever it might be. So you can squeeze in just straight information there. And it just becomes like a landing page on your website. Essentially, you can structure it however you want. Yeah. And one could be like your services you offer. So a creative way might be doing like, here's the services you offer. One is guitar tracking or guitar reamping or whatever. And it's a video of you actually doing that. Yeah. One is we do vocal overdubs and it's you actually in the studio doing that. So you can do it a more creative way of showing off the services that you do so they can see what it's like to actually work with you. And then one other thing is Brandon talked about public pricing. If you do have your prices publicly, it's not a bad story highlight to have. Yeah. I've always been on the side of, I don't like public pricing. Right. So I like to have quote-based pricing where someone contacts you, you have a conversation and based on the needs of their project, you give them pricing. Even if you have a flat rate per song or it's pretty standard pricing, I still like having that conversation Yeah. because the earlier you can have that conversation, you have that lead now and you can follow up with them. The ball's in your court now versus them seeing the pricing and then bouncing and you never seeing them again because yeah. they didn't start the conversation. I'm the same way on the agency side. You know, we don't, some agencies do that. They, you go to their website you select a plan that gets you 30 Facebook posts this month or whatever, and X number of hours and X number of ad campaigns or whatever. But for me, I like to know what I'm getting into and what my team's being asked to do. Yeah. I always like to have that conversation and understand what's their budget or really what are the needs. And then I can provide them a price quote that's appropriate for me and our team's efforts. So yeah, the fixed rate sheet, you know, that might not be for everyone, but I mean, just for some, sake of example. Some people do work on, on rate sheets. No matter what I say, they still do it. Yeah. And if they do that, this is a great place to put that. And even if you don't, putting a tab for pricing, people are looking for pricing. That's mm-hmm. the thing. They want to know the pricing. That's yeah. one of the foremost questions in their mind. Have a card for that. And it just says, because contact of the way we because of the way we <laughs> operate, everything's a special project. Just contact me through Instagram or contact me on by clicking the link in my bio or yep. whatever. Totally. And we can talk about your project. And yeah, it's almost like you give them a false lead almost where they see the label price. Yeah. And like, oh, I wonder what the studio costs. And then the story highlight actually, once they click into it says, please contact us or click the link in our bio yeah. for a price. If quote. you're going to do that, by the way, if you're going to, it's almost a bait and switch. Like here's yeah. our pricing. Actually not. If you're going to do that, have a reason for it. You can say like, we don't do public pricing yeah, because like every project is special. To yeah, us. I like you know, that. Like, uh-huh. yeah. You can have a reason. But, and even if it's kind of like a pretty broad reason like that, it's still at least like, okay, that makes sense. I'll contact them and just see what the price is for the project. Yeah, totally. All right. So I like this so far. We have real quick on your business accounts. Do every single one of them have like a logo as the profile image or do people do a photo of someone? I, that- I, I like to keep that as clean and as branded as possible. So I'm talking about the profile photo. Yeah, the actual profile photo. Yeah. So I prefer having that be a logo most of the time. If any of the listeners don't have a logo, you're still kind of figuring out the branding, do whatever represents your business the best. Maybe it's a photo of some of your gear. Maybe it is your face, you know, and just whatever you would use on your personal profile. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd say people that are, I mean, a lot of our audience is branded as they are the business. Basically, So they might uh be like with Chris Graham Mastering, my co-host he is the face of his business. So it would make way more sense for him to have his face yeah. as the profile image compared to like your Chris Graham mastering logo, which is just 
Just text. Just text. Yeah, yeah it's, gotcha. it's not great. So it's not like, but there's also one of our listeners, the Foxborough is a mastering studio. Mike, he's not necessarily the face of his brand, although he is the person that runs that business, that he is the guy behind that. But he also has like good branding. He has like a bright orange pop color and he has a really good logo that's like a little fox. For that business, I would probably have the little fox logo as the profile yeah, image because it goes along with his branding. So if you have a really well-branded studio, it makes more sense. If you're more personal brand focused, then have the personal profile in the Totally profile. with you on that, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because most of our clients are larger businesses, so they all have a logo, even if it is just a stylized font text mm-hmm. version of their brand that is their public-facing logo on their website, on marketing materials, essentially. So I'm having to like step it back a few notches in my head for you know someone who might just be starting out and establishing their brand, but I'm with you. I think yeah. you summed it up perfectly. Yeah, and then one other thing is you mentioned this really early on in this conversation, so I'm calling way back to that now. When it comes to the link in your mm-hmm. bio, mm-hmm. Most people just link straight to their website. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned something about maybe it makes more sense to link to a landing page of some sort. So in some cases, it makes more sense to have a specific landing page for a specific area. And let me just back up real quick. Sometimes if you're running Facebook ads, for example, or Instagram ads, for example, you're not going to just dump them onto your homepage. That's actually one of the worst places to dump them. You need to put them on a page that has a specific goal in mind. And for a lot of us, that's the goal is to contact somebody or to book a call or to get a quote or whatever that is for mm-hmm. your business. That's like the number one goal. And so that's the only thing they can do on the page. They can either do that action or they can leave. Yeah. <laughs> and all the information on the page is hopefully helping pre-sell that person to the point where they trust you enough to take the next step. And there's nothing that's going to distract them from that. So with what we've talked about with Instagram so far, it almost makes more sense to put someone to a specific landing page for people that come through your Instagram profile because they should be probably pre-sold in some way, shape or form if they're coming from Instagram. If they've watched your story highlights, Mm -hmm. if they've seen your Instagram landing page, which we'll talk about in a second, which is a really cool strategy (laughs) that I, I can't wait to talk about. Or they've seen the posts that you've been posting regularly on Instagram, like no matter what they've seen, they have probably more intention behind them than somebody that just randomly comes to like mystudiowebsite.com or whatever. Yeah, right. It could be somewhat pre-qualified in a way. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the term, Mm pre-qualified. It's like someone that's gone through your marketing material. They're like a hot lead. And I'm trying to stay as far away from marketing jargon as I can, but sometimes (laughs) it's impossible. Yeah. (laughs) So having a specific landing page for those people that's a little bit more linearly focused and not just bouncing around to different pages and sub pages on your site and trying to link them to different things. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. And I I originally mentioned that because maybe someone doesn't have their website fully fleshed out or they're not proud of the homepage. It doesn't mean you have to point people to a page that you're not proud of or you don't want them to. Maybe your Facebook page is really what you mostly use to interact with fans or clients and, and customers. You can link that to your Facebook page if you want. You can link to your LinkedIn or whatever it might be if you don't have your website looking good and able to really take advantage of those leads. So there's no formula that says that link has to go to yourstudio.com. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one thing, and this is, I'm kind of bouncing around here, but our podcast is always an advice buffet. And so because of that, we can pick and choose wherever we want. You talked about having a button on your profile. This is only for business accounts, correct? Yeah, the contact button. What can those contact button call to actions be? Do you know off the top of your head? I believe it's... It can be email or phone call. There get might, directions is one, but I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, for get most directions. Yeah. yeah, probably not super yeah. relevant. I think that's it. I think it's email, phone call, or get directions. Cool. So it would make more sense for people to do email or can you link out to a website? Like visit a website or anything? I mean, I get, you have a link in your profile. Yeah, the so link is there. I want to say the contact buttons, I want to say it's more focused on the actual contact 
side. So, and you can hide it all together. So if you just want people to go to your website contact form and not email you directly, you don't have to have that appear there. I'm curious if there's anyone running their entire business off Instagram, because I mean, you could theoretically set your Instagram page up to do all of your selling for you, much like your website would do. And you'd never have to leave the Instagram experience. And I wouldn't recommend anyone do this. This is like against everything in my body (laughs) because of the way things are. You can't really set up your Instagram profile the way you can your website. You can customize every aspect of your website. You can brand it. You can set up where the button goes and what it says and what it does when it's clicked. And you can't do a lot of these things on Instagram that you're just limited to what their thing is. So I like having a website. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think you can't bet that Instagram is going to be around forever, right? Yep. And also what happens, and this is one of my hesitations for telling people to convert to a business account. What happens is that hurts your organic reach mm. because you're now a business page. Yeah. To be honest, that's why I haven't converted my personal profile. Yeah. Just, you know, that Brandon Brown, like I haven't converted that to a business profile because I'm somewhat afraid slash anticipating that Instagram will want to try to monetize my business profile and squeeze out my organic reach. Yep. Which is what they did on Facebook business pages. So it makes sense. It would make sense that they would do it on on Instagram business profiles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's the case yet though. We haven't seen that. It really comes down to how good is the content you're posting. That's the key with any social. It, It comes down to your content strategy, right? And it needs to be if you're going to be posting, make it worthwhile. Make it something that if you saw it in your feed, you would want to engage with. Yep. Make the copy something that you'd want to read. You know, that doesn't seem cheesy, overly salesy, whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, I was just having this conversation with a client literally while I was on my way over here, you know, making sure they want to make sure that when they see that the whole portfolio of hotels, that when they see one of their posts come across their personal feed in Instagram, that it's something they want to read, you know, and they're not like, why am I following this account? <laughs> and that's a, it sounds so simple, but you, we get lost in, oh my gosh, I need to convey all of these little details and everything I post and all the minutia. Keep that minutia on your website and give people a reason to go there. Don't word vomit out this press release, you yes. know, in the caption of your social media post because that's not what that platform is for. It needs to be easy to digest. It needs to be social at the core of it. And really just the quick barometer test is would I want to read this? If I saw this come through my feed and it wasn't my product or brand, is it something I would want to keep following and engage with? And if the answer is no, change it. This is right in line with our philosophy behind go-giver marketing. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a real phrase, but I use it all the time. Like, <laughs> I love it. If you know what the go-giver is, the book, then you know what go-giver marketing is. It's adding value adding in everything value. that you do. Absolutely. And if your posts are not adding value, aka either entertaining or informing or something of the sort, if it's not adding value in some way, then there's no reason for somebody to follow you, is Pretty there? much. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, you might as well just run ads, you know, and that might kind of segue into what we were talking about with the landing page, you know, whatever yeah, so we want to brand let's that Let's talk as, about but, that. So this is the Instagram landing page. I'll come up with a cool like marketing yeah, system Yeah, we've called it, it so many names over the years yeah. and I should have branded it by now. But um, this, what made me think of it is, you know, if you're not posting content or you just aren't, you know, capturing content, you don't have the bandwidth to create that type of content. Which I mean, is me like all the time. My, uh, of course. My, yeah, last, like, my last photo that I posted on my personal Instagram was my wedding day. And then... Sonny True Love of STL Tones, he released a, a new like plugin that I have a pack on and he sent me a video to yep, post. Yeah. And so he created that for me and I was just like, I'll post it on your launch day, sure. So those are the two posts I've had in the last 15 months <laughs> on my yeah. personal page. So, yeah, so, I, if, so if you're a Brian out there yeah. and you don't have the bandwidth or the desire or the means or whatever it might be to regularly post engaging content, that's okay, you know, because your core business is not 
being an Instagram personality, right? Yeah. It's running your business. It's growing. What you can do that provides the most value to other people, which is the audio service, you know, that I imagine most people listening are providing. So don't hit pause on your core responsibilities just to try to become an Instagram whiz and game the algorithm and become an yeah. influencer. And so that's fine. And so if you're not posting, honestly, we run into this with the band. When we have a lot going on, we have a lot going on. And it's nonstop content. But if we're not on the road and we're not in the studio and we have three or four months where we're just, you know. Basically during quarantine. <laughs> yeah, like right now, yeah. right? It's like, what the heck do we post about? Like we're not even hanging out and rehearsing because we're distancing from each other, yeah. right? And so the band's accounts, they go through these ebbs and flows. So I get it. You know, it doesn't matter what brand you are. You're going to run into that for the most part. So if you're not like just creating content all the time and doing it in a way that is engaging, that makes people want to follow you and, and see it, that's okay. So Brian and I were talking earlier just on the way in about for those types of people, there's a way to set up your Instagram account for your business that doesn't require you to update it every day. It doesn't As a matter of fact, you, to you, post. Need, you can't actually post on it if yeah, you do the strategy. You can, but but it looks fine if you don't. Yeah. And, and, and if you do, you'd need to be more strategic about it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it leaves the content side to just the stories, which, which can be I very... Which I love doing story. I, I post stories way more often. Like, Of course. Yeah, I've yeah. had two Facebook or Instagram posts in the last like <laughs> 18 months yeah, or something. hundreds of stories probably. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and so the, the great thing about stories is they can be and kind of should be real time, less edited, more authentic. And so that's easy, right? Like we can all, it might not be easy. I don't love turning the camera on myself and being the, you know, the, the, the face in the camera, like influencer style. I probably could promote myself better if I were more comfortable doing that. Have you ever actually sat down and thought about where your next client will come from? Most freelancers don't because most freelancers, number one strategy for getting new clients is something called hope marketing. And if that sounds like you, you're not alone. Most freelancers think that just by putting out great work, clients will come banging down your door to hire you. Now, while you obviously do need to be good at what you do, we both know that this strategy does not work. Otherwise, your calendar would be 100% booked solid with amazing projects from your ideal clients. So to help you with this fight against hopium addiction, I'm excited to announce that our flagship coaching program, Clients by Design, has finally opened up applications again. This transformational coaching journey is not a one-size-fits-all. It's tailor-made just for you. We'll do a deep dive into your business to see what's missing, and we'll lay out a step-by-step roadmap to guide you over the next six to eight months. And here's the best part. We don't just give you the plan and send you on your way. We give you personal one-on-one help so you never get stuck. And we make sure you actually follow through with something called our absolute accountability system. So if you're ready to stop relying on hope marketing and ready to start building your own client acquisition machine so you can get a steady flow of clients, then it's time to step up and apply for clients by design and see if you're a good fit. Just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. And I'll be the first to say that this program is not for everyone. So far, we've only accepted about 25% of those who apply. So if you want to find out if you're a good fit, just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach and fill out the application. Now here's our show. We need to get a mindset coach in here to coach us out of the mindset of like, selfie style videos are stupid because I'm the same way. I'm like, I hate, <laughs> I hate just like the vlog style videos, you know, which is so funny because you're sitting behind a microphone on a podcast. Yeah. Like you, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just like that, except you also have a camera <laughs> exactly. on you essentially, but I, I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't want to be that person holding my phone God. up or on a selfie stick, recording myself talking while I walk around, <laughs> you know, all that, this is going on a rabbit yeah, trail. I don't remember why I mentioned that. Let me center us back here. Okay. Brandon. Yeah. We're talking about social media strategy on Instagram for someone who doesn't have time to post regularly, if at all. That's me. And that's a lot of our audience. I love this idea of a landing page, an Instagram landing page, because it sets your profile up for people who either find you through search, 
who find you through, if you're having conversations with them, like Joe Wadsworth does with the online mm-hmm. recording studio, where you're actually doing client outreach or cold outreach on Instagram and having conversations when they come back to your profile, this is set up really well for those people. Or if your main content creation strategy on Instagram is Instagram stories, and then people click through to your actual profile just to see what you're up to or what your studio is or what you're about. This is a really good thing to add on top of all the stuff we've talked about so far. It is setting up a grid of photos that all go together in a certain way. Now talk about this. Yeah, there's a couple of real life examples. We do this with a number of our client brands. And man, I wish this account were still active. There's an A-list comedian who we worked with. I don't know if I can say his name, but- I know it is, but I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, it rhymes with Cave Depel. (laughs) Um, or something similar to that. Um, we were, <laughs> yeah, there were people who are like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Or they're like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> so we did a really cool project with this comedian's team. And it was all about highlighting the experience at this residency that he did at a really beautiful venue, a theater. And so we wanted the Instagram account to really be striking. When someone visited it, it looked clean. It looked professional. And we weren't going to be posting little individual square photos every day. And so after each of his performances, we'd get a photo from his photographer. And we made the Instagram account into more of a landing page, which is what the term came from earlier. So we've all probably seen this in one way or another. When you go to a company's Instagram page, or a lot of musicians have done a great job at this, where they've taken one photo And instead of cramming that into one little square, they've chopped that up so that it actually takes up the full grid. You have three squares all linking together or six of the Instagram squares were linking together. So we've designed a number of client Instagram accounts this way, either because it's a high profile person, like I hinted at before, or maybe it's a brand that just doesn't have a lot of content, but they do have a couple of photos to work with or a big logo or something like that. And so when someone comes to your Instagram account, it gives them a reason to spend more than a half second on it. It's kind of striking when you first see it. It gives you the incentive to scroll down, you know, and actually see what else is there. And anytime you can capture someone's attention for a couple seconds on social, you've won. That is what it's all about because we're constantly scrolling. You know, every single person scrolling. I've heard the height of the Statue of Liberty per day. That's how far our finger moves on our screen while we're scrolling through Instagram or in Facebook. It's crazy, right? And so most of that is just nonstop. You're just looking for something that catches your attention. And so if a profile can catch your attention, you've won, even if it's just for a couple seconds. And it gives people a reason to follow your account. You know, like the Six Figure Home Studio account. is trash. (laughs) You're getting a lot of traffic because I assume you're you're running running traffic there. You're running ads. You're getting a large number of people who are being reached by those ads, then they go to the Instagram account and they see there's two posts. And it's, you know, it's not a very compelling reason for someone to follow the account and they don't spend any time there. You know, well, let me, let me talk about that. I run a lot of ads on Six Figure Home Studio specifically, and a lot of our listeners have seen those ads and we get hundreds of thousands of impressions per month on Instagram. And a lot of those people are coming and checking out the profile just because they'll see something called the Six Figure Home Studio. They'll see a post and they may sign up for something and then they may go check out the profile just to see what it's all about. And it's awful because I have, actually, I think it's worse now than it was before. <laughs> it used to have no posts. Oh, wow. And we only followed me and Chris, the podcast yeah, yeah. co-hosts. And then we linked to the Six Figure Home Studio website. Oh, that's all we did. And I was like, you know what? That's fine because someone will just go to our site if they want to learn more and that whatever. Like now it's even worse because we just have two shitty posts that Chris posted from Nam (laughs) earlier this year. They're in no way go together. They're in no way value add. Archive them. Just archive them. 
Yep. Or at a third post at least or something. Yeah. It's like not even a full row of photos. <laughs> yeah. And so like this is, I heard the strategy of like a, a landing page grid Yeah. and I love this. So just to kind of think off the top of my head, it doesn't even necessarily have to be photos. It could be something that's like almost like it's a screenshot of a landing page, yeah. but the text is large and it makes sense when you're scrolling down Facebook mm-hmm. where it's talking about either the studio or it's talking about something that's getting them to take an action or something you could create something and I'll play around with this for the six figure studio and see yeah. what I come up with. Yeah. But any cool. studio could come up with this because not everyone has ads running to hundreds of thousands of people per month. Like that's most people are not going to be doing that in their studio world, but the concept is the same. We're all having conversations with the people and they may find us through referrals or word of mouth or any one-to-one conversations we're having on Instagram and they check mm. out our profile and all of a sudden they're turned off because it's not set up well, or they just scroll around or like, our hodgepodge of photos and it just doesn't look good. Right. I love this strategy of taking either a photo and breaking it up, but having some theme or call to action or something like a actual landing page or something you're giving away or something you're doing or something about your studio or your offer that you're doing that you're explaining in this grid. And the further they scroll down, the deeper they get into this sort of thing. This is a cool strategy. Yes. And part of the grid could be, you know, big blocks of text and said, I like the idea. I hadn't thought about it. Not being photos, but you're right. It could literally be a white squares that, yep. you know, you upload tons of white squares or yep. black squares and just make a pattern or something like that. Something to catch people's eye, but there should be a goal to it. Ideally. Yeah, I think when I have in mind, like an Instagram landing page, I love having the story highlights. highlights. Yeah. I love having the highlights as almost like different menu options yep. to see different things about your business. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool thing. That's like a landing page. I like having the link to a specific Landing page. And when we see landing page, usually that is a page that has one specific thing that you can do on that page. Right. Instagram, it's not really a landing page because there's like a thousand things they could do. So yeah. we're kind of using these interchangeably. Right, right. But the link in the bio, you're linking to a page that is probably whatever step you want them to take to fill out a form mm-hmm. or to book a call with you through Calendly or to message you through Facebook Messenger or something, which is kind of redundant to take them back through the loop anyways. <laughs> um some sort of thing to do. So I like the idea of even if you had part of your website or something set up where you had big text that you had like in a, almost a narrow landing page thing yeah. where it uh-huh. read as you scrolled down. Yeah. And yeah, think of like a mobile view on a web page, yeah. right? It's so if you have a, a lead magnet for your studio, this is a good place to promote that. Maybe it's a screenshot of a mock-up of your ebook that you give away or mm-hmm. your PDF that you give away. And it just says, click the link in the bio to get this. Yeah. And your link in your bio takes them to the opt-in for that. Like there's different things you could do to do that. Even if it's just like contact us for pricing. I mean, maybe you can have a much sexier thing than that that you're doing. But I, yeah, the sexier I'm, I'm the spit, better, I'm for sure. I'm spitballing here. So of like, course, yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, the main thing is, and the reason why someone might consider doing this is because we all have limited time, right? And if you're worried about everyone saying my brand needs to be on social media, that's up for you. But if you've decided to be on social media and now you're worried about the amount of time it's going to take, or you're just, you don't have a great camera, you don't have a great phone or whatever it might be, you can't come up with engaging posts. You might not have to, we might just be able to spend one day, you know, or a couple hours on your Instagram profile, make that look as good as possible and not worry about having to schedule posts out. What tool am I going to use to to schedule my calendar? It's more stress than anything because people's Instagrams now, like the bar is so high to have like a really good Instagram where all the color palettes go with each other. And like people spend a lot of time, effort and energy making sure their profile photos in a grid look together and yeah. coherent. Yeah. I used to post every day. Like when I first got on Instagram yeah. years and years and years ago. Because it isn't it didn't matter. It was all about the content. Yeah. It wasn't about the like, how does it look when I scroll down? Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. There was no bar. You know, it was yeah. just like I'm sharing a photo each day because it's easy to. Everyone's photos look the same. And now you know? 
I mean, granted, stories have kind of taken that place of, of the course, everyday yeah. thing. True. But it just has such a high bar that I'm, I almost don't want to go through the trouble of like making a post that looks good. Yeah. I, yeah. I've rarely post now unless it is like a professional photographer yeah. from a professional photographer of me on stage or photographer that we use, you know, for the hotels or something like mm -hmm. that. You know, we first pitched this idea, like for our music venue clients, they're not a great example of a brand that this would work for because they have tons of content yes. to post about all the time. Yep. You know, a music venue ideally should have a full calendar with a ton of shows. And so they always have tickets to sell. There's always something to talk about. So we do have content that can be posted on a regular basis. And every basis. single artist playing at those venues has professional photos to post and they all look great. You know? Right, right. Yeah. But on the flip side, think about a hotel that doesn't have a music venue, you know, built into it or whatever. The structure itself is not changing. They don't have events that they're selling tickets to. And so this was really the first time we pitched this to a client, as far as I remember, is the Ludlow Hotel in New York, still one of my favorite places on earth. And, you know, hoping that New York can kind of open back up sooner than later. It's an amazing property. You step in and it's just, it's sexy. It's beautiful. Everyone loves it. There's just nothing bad I could say about it. And aesthetically, every detail has been thought out and designed so well. Very photogenic. Place. Right. And yeah. they're, before they started working with us, you know, and they knew that this was an issue, they just had some, like a front desk person running the Instagram account and they were posting bad quality phone photos from around the property occasionally. So the GM of the hotel got in touch with us and said, you know, if you go to our website and if you come on the property, you can see how amazing it is. But you go to our Instagram account and that, that doesn't translate at all. It looks terrible. I'm like, all right, the first thing we're going to do, it, well, first I kind of cast this vision and, you know, proposed what I thought would be the best way to start and, and a plan of action. But as soon as we got our hands on the account, just archive all that old stuff. Anything that's not representing your brand well, there's nothing saying you have to keep that out online. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, on your website, get rid of it and keep it fresh, make it look good and, and put your best foot forward. So for this hotel, which is close to 200 rooms, amazing. Someone went to their Instagram account. They saw a blurry photo of a cat on the front desk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Literally, it was like that. So we archived all that stuff so nobody can see it anymore. And we started uploading photos. You know, every a hotel, they obviously had like great photos for their catalog and like for their website or whatever. So that's all we had to work with at first until we sent a photographer in there. And we created, I would call it a mosaic, like the, maybe instead of landing page, yeah. like well, an Instagram there's, mosaic. There's probably, to me, these are two different things. A mosaic is... What do you a mosaic, mosaic is where multiple smaller mm -hmm. pieces all work together to make one larger image. Yeah, so you're basically taking a photo and cutting it up. And there's tools that yeah. do that for you where yeah. you like yeah, there's cut a, an a photo app. into nine bits, a square photo into nine bits. Totally. So it's three photo, three by three. So together on Instagram, the top nine looks like just one big photo. Exactly right. Yeah, I know it's and hard to not have a visual. Yeah, we don't have a visual here, yeah. so I'm trying to explain it. The basis of that is the same. It's a mosaic still, but for me, and, and I'll still have to kind of flesh this out in my head and try it out with some of our students and see what we can come up with. Yeah, totally. But for me, the landing page is you are trying to push them to a specific action gotcha. through yeah. this mosaic. So you're yeah. telling more Almost of a story. treating it like an extension of your website. Yes, yeah. yes. And through that, you can set it up to look how you want to look versus Instagram where you are limited to their options of what they let you do. Yeah. So No, I like that a lot. And, and really to boil it down, this is for someone who's listening who knows their brand needs to be on Instagram, but doesn't have the time or the means to continually post engaging content. Yeah. So instead, just make the feed cohesive, make it look or be compelling enough in a way when someone does come to your profile, it gives them a reason to stay. It piques their interest a little bit and already you've hooked them a little bit and that's the first step. Mm -hmm. And then it gives you the freedom to still do off the cuff content through stories 
And that doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be edited. It, you don't need a video production studio. It could be you facing your phone camera towards you and saying, hey guys, I'm going to give you some more of my studio today or rent you know, a photo of an artist that you're working with who's tracking or whatever it might be. You know, endless. You the can do whatever you stuff, want. Yeah. yeah, the day-to-day stuff can instead be relegated to the story. And that way you're not putting just any random content on your feed. So for me, that's a way to set up a really professional looking Instagram profile that can work for you without consuming a lot of your time. And then once you start running ads and driving people to it, you know, someone gets delivered an ad from your studio, they click through and they see your profile, you know, now it looks professional and it looks better than the six figure. And, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's insane that I haven't done this yet. I'll have to hire your company to do this for me. Cause I don't, no, I I'm just giving you a hard time, but I there's a lot of brands out there that are like that. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing is like, I'm working with some of our students now to start running Facebook and Instagram ads. And honestly, most of it's through Instagram. If, if people don't know that, I talked about this last week on the episode where Facebook and Instagram are the same ad platform. Mm -hmm. So if you're running ads on one, you can run ads to the other. And I love this idea of setting up their Instagram profile to really be a good place to find more information, to get the gist of what they're going to be experiencing when they hire somebody mm -hmm. and not being this content machine they have to keep churning out. Right, Let, right. I mean, Instagram ads are not that expensive to no. run. No, you can run a dollar a day. Yep. You know? So letting that be your content creation to get eyeballs on your page and let your page just be, your Instagram page just be there to sell people on what you do. Totally. And that to me is a much more manageable strategy because that allows you to, once you get some good ad stuff set up, some good ad funnels set up through, I mean, obviously you don't want your ad just to run people to your Instagram page. That's stupid, but people right. will naturally click naturally. through to your Instagram page yes. out of curiosity. Yep. And so you want them to all be funneled back into the same place to take that action that you want them to take. Right. And so I love having this Instagram thing set up to do that. And once you have a good funnel set up that's running well, this is just something that keeps churning out work long-term for you. So this goes right in line with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's not taking it away anything from people who are more content machines. You know, you mentioned Mark Eckert mm -hmm. and his company, That Pitch, earlier. He's just that dude in front of the camera. You know, he's got a big personality. He's comfortable talking to the camera and he's pumping out content left and right. So by no means should he stop doing that and change his Instagram to be this mosaic landing page. But not everybody, not everyone has that kind of personality. Exactly, exactly. And not everyone wants to be that person on camera. Totally. I've learned that image ads work better for me because you can literally, if you know your audience well enough, you can find an image that you know will stop the scroll, which mm -hmm. is the entire point of the creative, and let the ad copy, the words in the ad, actually sell them on taking that next step. Yeah. And that's worked better for me in the, over the last year. Right. You know, you talked about having a good, compelling photo. There's plenty of license-free or free license images out there that you can use. So you don't even need to, there's just so many ways to go about it without needing a professional photographer or video, any kind of production. And there's tons of apps, even mobile apps like Canva is a great one, you know, that does help you. If you have a photo that you think could look a little bit better or be formatted slightly better for social, Canva is a great app and that, I'm not getting any kickback from that. But honestly, there's just tools yeah, out there you, can, you can find. Yeah. But just, just, and if you want to talk about ad stuff, I'm happy to go there if we have time today. I'll just say right now, I've run a lot of money in ads in the last year. And a lot of the photos are just plain photos, nothing done to them. Yeah. They're just photos of studios. So something that my audience is interested in, like good looking studios. Totally. So if you find photos that are interesting to your target customer, you don't have to do anything special about that. You just yeah. find something that's like interesting to them, whether it's a live photo of a band or whatever, just make sure you're not like stealing photos and doing things illegally. You have the rights to it right, or permission right. from the, pre like you have to make sure you're doing things. Yeah. Please board. don't steal photos. That, no. Yeah. Not, especially not on paid advertising. No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. You want, I'm convinced that there are lawyers who are kind of like the ambulance chasers of Instagram that will proactively contact photographers and say, Hey, did you see 
this music venue posted your photo and we can make them pay for that. Yep. You know, even if they credited you or whatever, we've seen waves of lawsuits go through the music venues over the years and end up honestly costing them a, a decent amount of money from just because lawyers are being, you know, people are being opportunistic. And we had a lawyer contact Six Figure M Studio for an image we had on a blog post. Really? And, but we had a license for it because we got okay. it through iStock Photo. But, oh, nice. But like, he, it was almost like he was the police. Like yep. we almost had to prove to him that we had the license for it. Yeah. But it was like, if that dude's legit and is like out there, like trying to collect on people that have not licensed photos, like I would hate to be on the wrong end of a lawsuit like Definitely. that. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't want to invite that. Even if you, even life. if like, even if you win, you still are going to be paying money to defend yourself. That's true. Lawsuits. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Google images is not the place to go to make sure you have the right license. They do have a filter, I think, where you can license, but I would caution against just pulling anything random from Google Images. Instead, go to sites that specialize in licensing photos yep. or offer free licenses or yep. whatever. I do what think are we some should, sites, by the um, way? My go-to tends to be Unsplash. Yep, unsplash.com. Yeah. Un, yeah, it'll be on our show notes if you can't hear what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't often need stock photos, but when I do, that tends to be my go-to. There are certainly other ones out there that I'm just not as familiar with personally. But yeah, they, it's all free free license stuff. They encourage you to credit the photographer or to tip them or say thanks or whatever, mm -hmm. but it's not required. So yeah, I like that. They kind of leave it up to you. And there's some, it's all extremely high quality images and some very niche stuff you can find there. You'd be surprised. But you mentioned ads. I mean, that could be a whole discussion on its own, but I do think it's worth maybe going into that a little bit because it is such an integral part of social and Years ago, this wasn't the case, but we all know now, for a business at least, socials become largely a pay-to-play game. Your content, the more engaging it is, the better it will perform organically. But if you're running a business and you're using this to generate leads, it's probably worth investing a little bit of money into. And if it's worth investing money into, it's worth doing well to make sure you're not just throwing that money into the void. And one thing we see with smaller companies is often just hitting the boost button on a post. It does make it very easy, but it also limits your targeting options. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That might be a great way to start and test it out because you can just say, I want to spend $5 and I want to target people 18 and up in the United States. Well, imagine how far <laughs> your $5 is not going to get you very far with a population of 320 million people or whatever. But you know, all that to say, they do make it very easy to kind of dip your toe in the water and maybe put some money behind it. But a lot of times where a company like ours comes in are just for people who know that's not the most sound strategy, they want to start putting more money into ads and they don't want to just keep hitting the boost button and tossing that money out. I like how political, world. like you're being so nice about this. Hitting the boost <laughs> button is fucking stupid. It is <laughs> yeah. such a waste of money. And like, to me, it's someone that's like, well, I do paid advertising, but I don't want to figure it out. So I'm going to hit boost. Like yeah. it's that person that doesn't want to actually do the work. The True. boost button is there so that Facebook can take your money. Yeah, that's and, a good point. And yeah, to, it's like to a like, donate to Facebook yeah, button. Yeah, <laughs> it is the donate to Facebook button. And it's there to either, maybe there's a strategy behind it. Maybe it's like, hey, they're getting their feet wet and they want to learn more. So now they see you've spent money. They'll push you down their like the funnel of actually getting an ads manager and learning mm -hmm. that whole back end. But if you're going to do it, there's a couple things. First of all, the donate to Facebook button is not the one I would <laughs> use, the boost button, no. They do have a little, a few more targeting options. I made it sound like you can only target based on age and country location. It yeah. does get a little more granular than that. But by and large, the Facebook ads manager, which you just mentioned, is that's where you want to be. It also can be really intimidating, you know? Yeah. And, and so this is opening a bit of a Pandora's box. And so that's why I didn't want to push people there right away. Because yeah, if you set something up wrong, you could still waste a decent amount of money in there. Yeah. And that tends to be where we step in and say, okay, we see what the need is. We see what your goals are. You, we know you don't want to become an expert at this platform. 
So let us help you like target it and really allocate your budget in an effective way. And that's not a pitch for my company by any means. It just goes to show like it takes a level of comfort and expertise for anyone to not feel intimidated by it. So it's okay if you go in there and, and you are intimidated, but Facebook has a lot of great resources and there's great YouTube videos. You know, if you want to get the basic knowledge, the tools are out there. It just takes time like anything. Well, just before we go into depth of this, I'm curious a couple of things. Are there any business types or any things that you've seen that ads just don't work in? The interesting one for me is business to business. There are a lot of business to business companies running very successful ads. So that's not saying it doesn't work, but I think there are some other hurdles involved. And I think that definitely requires some know-how behind the targeting that the average person just may be less comfortable with because there's really no reason to have. And when you say business to business, you would be talking like the business HubSpot running ads to get someone like you or me to sign up for their account. Yes, exactly. If you're targeting business owners or you're targeting someone with a specific title at a company, like only the chief marketing officer is going to care about whatever this is, that just, you want to be more precise. You know, it's a little more of the scalpel approach as opposed to like the shotgun approach. So when I first started doing ads, when we, you know, as a company really opened up that service to clients, that was the one that took me a little more time to make sure that I was doing well because essentially uh, people are trusting me with their money. So I'm spending other people's money. I want to do it well and provide good results for them. It's kind of terrifying. It it can be. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, we have, you know, (laughs) literally clients spending over $900,000 a month on Facebook ads. (laughs) Like you, (laughs) nobody on this who's listening to this most likely is going to hit anywhere. They're going to, at the most, you're going to shave a couple zeros off of that and still be far away from, from that. And so you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into that world. And the bigger your budget is, the more options you have with types of campaigns you're running, how many objectives you're running, how many people you hope see you're at, you know, all that well, stuff. Well, let's, let's bring this back down to of earth. Of course, because I just say that to, because yeah. to me, I it was, can get big. it can get really big. But again, I mentioned a minute ago, you can start with $1 a day, $5 a day. I would recommend anyone who's uncomfortable with advertising or just getting their feet wet. There's no harm in doing that. There's no harm in testing it out at a very, very low level and then learning and refining over time and upping your budget each day or each month as you start to see results. So we're working with a new client right now. It's a whiskey company who, thanks to this coronavirus situation, they transitioned all of their manufacturing into hand sanitizer. And this is a cool story, actually. So they decided to do this. They made a Facebook post about it. Didn't advertise or anything. This is before I even knew who they were. They made a Facebook post about it. It went viral. Like local news stations picked it up and all this stuff. They sold 10,000 units in the first week on their e-commerce store. Now, this is a whiskey company, so they can't sell whiskey on their e-commerce store, but all that to say, their store, they've had an e-commerce store for 10 years, and in the first week of hand sanitizer, they outdid all 10 years of their sales history. <laughs> they sold more and made more money in the first five days than they had in 10 years on all the other oh, stuff man. they could sell. So they, <laughs> they're like, oh my gosh. Well, one, it crashed their website. Yeah. They had to rebuild their web store and all this stuff. <laughs> then they came to us and said, okay, there's obviously demand here yeah. and we need to create a system. Like we need, we need to keep making more and keep selling more. So we just finished the first few weeks of ads with them. They saw the results. They decided to up the budget by 50%. And then two days later, they upped it by another 25%. So you start seeing results and you say, oh, for every dollar I'm putting into this, I'm getting X number of people contacting me or I'm making this much money, you know, depending on your business model. Yeah. And it makes it that much easier to be comfortable with having a dedicated budget for that, right? So if you can make $3 for every dollar you spend, great, maybe spend some more money. You can make $40 for every dollar you spend, just depending on how the campaign's going. And you see those results in real time. And so you say, oh, I started with $1 a day. Why don't I try $5 a day? 
why don't I try $10? And it just starts climbing from there. And then eventually you're the brand spending $925,000 in a month, you know? <laughs> so anyway. It's like, what is that? Is that $30,000 a day or so? Yeah. Gosh. Right? Isn't it? Yeah. 30,000 yes, times 30. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, because it's astronomical for, there are brands spending more than that for sure. But yeah, for, for sure. us, that's probably the highest we've we've ever been involved with. So when it comes to ads, you know, you might be thinking, oh, so do I need to create something that looks as professional as my website or does yeah, it so need to be? So obviously you need to hire a videographer, get them in your studio. You got to shoot a high production video of a tour. And, yeah, I need to have a commercial yeah. for my studio. You know, we start thinking like, oh, every advertisement I've seen in my whole life until maybe these past two years has been super produced, almost, you know, TV quality or radio quality or whatever it might be, magazine quality. That's really not the case now. And honestly, the ads that we're seeing perform the best right now are the ones that are the least produced, that are literally just iPhone videos. When someone sees that come across, let's say their Instagram story feed, for example, you know, they've watched three of their friends' stories that all look real time every day behind the scenes, someone baking sourdough or- yep, Which is what know, I've, been, I've been doing. <laughs> if you've been following my stories, you've yeah, seen my sourdough attempts. Doing their home workout, you know, or whatever we're doing in these quarantine days or whatever. They've just watched three videos like that in a row. Now they get delivered your ad. If your ad looks like just another one of their friends' videos, something that you shot on your iPhone or is a little more real, you know, and less yeah. produced- this happens to me all the time now. I'm like, when did I start following this person? And everyone's, oh, they got me. It's an <laughs> yeah, ad, you know, but yeah. I've been watching it for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And anytime someone watches more than three seconds of your ad, you can retarget them. You know, now we, now we know yeah. Facebook's ad platform knows who they are and they've taken an action. They've watched a few seconds of a video you posted. Now you can hit them with a different type of ad because you can retarget that person. Just to clarify, like the reason that's good is because if they see that it is clearly an ad, which most Instagram story ads are clearly ads. Pretty clear. They just look like ads. Mm -hmm. They just skip it instantly. They don't even care what the content is, just out of principle. Yeah. And that's how I'm like- Because we're overwhelmed. Yeah, man. just think about like, when I'm reading a blog article on like some news site or whatever, like, you know those little ad modules between the blocks of text that you're reading. Your eye just scans over those. Yeah. Have you ever actually stopped to look at an ad in the middle of an article? Only if it's a brand I already care about. And even then, I don't even, like, I- I physically make my eyes not look at it. Like I, I'm like the worst person to advertise to. Yeah, I, I believe do, that. I put, I put my best effort forward to avoid any advertising at all. Yeah. And that's funny for coming from someone that advertises, but when someone <laughs> actually catches me, like you're like, oh, they got me. Like yeah. I respect that. I'm like, yeah. oh, damn, nice. I that's, know. that's great. I do but like that. And that's not to say we're not running any ads that aren't professional photographs or whatever, but I'd say if you have professional photograph, use that as an ad, but then also try running a video that you just recorded yourself and see which one performs better. Yeah, it's, it's called split testing. It's of like course. you can just test them against each other and see which one's more effective. Yep. And you did that for, what was the one? Was it the whiskey manufacturing one you did? The one where it was just a video of going down the assembly line? Yes. Yeah. About? Yeah. So the same whiskey brand I mentioned a minute ago, you know, they sent us just from their distillery or whatever, some behind the scenes videos of these whiskey bottles that are now filled with hand sanitizer going, you know, on the conveyor belt, getting a label slapped on them getting a cork put on top, you know, just the, all the machinery or whatever. So it's a very behind the scenes video. That's uh, one of just this bottle going down the conveyor belt being spun around and a, and a sticker label being slapped on it. That's the best performing Facebook ad we have right now. And this is just like a handheld iPhone. Yeah, it's just, yeah, an iPhone from one of the guys that works at the factory, yeah. you know, and now we do have more professional photos running as well. And those are doing fine, but 
you just never know. And so I've been surprised like, oh, the super lo-fi vertical iPhone video doesn't have any text overlay on it. Nothing like that. That's driving people to the website and, and they're spending money, you know, on this stuff. So it's pretty cool. And so I, this is not to try to dissuade anyone like as an advertiser and as someone who does professionally create content and hire photographers and work with videographers, there is still a lot of value in production, right? But to someone listening who might be thinking again, okay, I don't have the time to do this. I don't have the resources. I'm still working on building up my customer base and I'm not going to hire a content creator. That's okay. This is just encouraging you to take that first step and know that even companies who are advertising professionally, some of the best performing ads they have right now are something you could have done on your iPhone. Yeah. I do want to point out anyone who's like hearing this and is interested in getting to ads now, just make sure your website's up to snuff. Like yeah, if your yeah. website's already not performing, mm-hmm. ads are only going to be amplifying that. You have sure. a leaky funnel. Yeah. And all those ad dollars are just leaking out of that funnel. So make right. sure you're not you're not just sending people to a bad landing page that doesn't convert already. So make sure yeah. you're doing the things necessary. And some things I either teach in the profitable producer course, some I teach we teach on past episodes of the podcast. We, we've had multiple episodes where we talked about a high converting website. Make sure you're putting in the work before you spend the dollars because it's only going to be amplified by the ads. Like the worst converting traffic you'll find is going to be paid advertising. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't make it profitable. True. And that's the whole key it to this. It can be insanely profitable, yep. actually. And yeah. it's almost, and, and th- I talk about this all the time. This is a quote that I have quoted myself on and then continuing to say over and over again, if you try to appeal to everyone, you will appeal to no one. And so almost Mm -hmm. the better you are at excluding people from clicking on your ad and coming to your site, it almost actually works better because then only the right people get to the bottom of your funnel. So this this weird balancing of like making sure your website is not leaking out, Mm -hmm. but it's attracting the right people. And it's almost a dichotomy of like trying to exclude certain and make sure that the funnel is slick and letting people slide through your funnel. <laughs> it's kind of overly weird. Uh, yeah, grease uh, that funnel. Yeah, yeah grease slide it. Slide through that. You want to make sure it's really greasy, extra greasy, and <laughs> and lubed up for those people that you want at the bottom of your funnel contacting you to actually work for you. So yeah, it's true. If you're spending money on ads, like your ad needs to first of all be leading people somewhere, right? It needs to have a URL attached to it. There needs to be a call to action, and wherever that link is sending people make it look good or at least make it represent your brand well or else just wait to spend the money. Put the money and those resources towards getting your house in order first, right? Before you put it on the market. Like that's kind of what it comes down to. True. So ads are a whole freaking thing, you know, and, and we could probably do another chat on ad strategy specifically, but I hope that, you know, some of the things we talked about just might encourage people who have been a little intimidated, you know, because there are so many social media pros out there and they think, ah, oh, I know my business needs to be on this and I just don't know how or I don't have the time. It doesn't have to be the way that you see every other company do it. You can find a way that works for you. You can find a way to use the tools and resources you have and not spend a lot of time and not have it be an ongoing project, mm-hmm. you know? So, so it could be a good place to start. Sweet. Well, as we wrap up here, man, anything else you want to leave our listeners with? What if there's a few listeners that are like running big studio operations? Let's just yeah. say Joe Wadsworth from the True, re- I know. Yeah, we've been studio. talking to, I keep assuming it's the small, you know, and, and medium size, but there well, might Well, let me just some... say, what if those people want to hire Media Whisper to run yeah. their ad, either their ads or their social media stuff? What would they do as next steps? Would you be interested in taking clients like that on? Or? For sure. Yeah. Especially on the paid side. You know, if you really want to kind of take that, those efforts from good to great, that's a lot of where I personally spend my time on. So there's a good chance we would actually be working together directly. You go to mediawhisper.com. That's media whisper. There will be a link to that in our show sure. notes if you yeah. want to find it. Yeah. And we do have our own social media presence. It's funny, 
because <laughs> I've been saying all this stuff. We did not have any social media presence for Media Whisper for years. Oh yeah, I used to make fun of you for it. <laughs> right, despite yeah. being a social media agency and our whole philosophy as a company for the first eight years of being a company was that we weren't promoting ourselves. Like just like the name, you know, the Whisper was kind of like we were operating below the radar promoting our clients' brands. And it really wasn't until about in the past year that we had employees who were passionate about kind of taking the torch and creating our own social media presence. So Mm -hmm. it's funny, you know, you might go and see that we don't have like tens of thousands of followers, but we're there too. So you can find us at at Media Whisper generally on any social media platform now, but the website's probably the best place to go to get a better sense of who we are, the types of clients we've worked with and just some of our philosophy around how we do things. Sweet. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on. Dude, thanks for having me, man. And, I enjoyed uh, it. If people have questions, they can either reach out to you via Instagram. Yeah, you can find me at that Brandon Brown. Yep. And then if they want you to hire your agency, they can go to mediawhisper.com or That's find perfect. you on socials. Yeah. Sweet. And my band is Viridia. There you go. Go give them <laughs> some streams not? on Spotify. If I got some, some few seconds here, at Viridia, it's V-E-R-I-D-I-A. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. Make sure you go out and thank Brandon for coming on this podcast. He runs a team of like 20, 25 people. Uh, He does a lot of work for his business and for him to take the time out of his day just to come and share some free knowledge with our audience is awesome of him to do. So Brandon, thank you so much. If you're listening back to this, I really appreciate that. And then our audience, make sure you reach out to him at that Brandon Brown on Instagram. And just let him know how helpful he was to you once you've set up your Instagram for success. And if you want to hire his agency to work for you, you should probably be making a decent amount of money from doing what you're doing already. But his agency does some awesome work. So be sure to reach out to Media Whisper by filling out the contact form on their website, mediawhisper.com. Until next time, thank you so much for listening and happy hustling. Whoa.